Hello, and welcome to How to Parent Your Highly Sensitive Child Like a Ninja. I'm your host, Megan Thompson, licensed clinical professional counselor and registered play therapist supervisor. We at MTC teach parents how to eliminate the daily meltdown and shutdown cycle for your sensitive children and teens. Highly sensitive children make up 15 to 20% of the population, according to research that has been gathered for over a century. And this podcast answers one question. How can you raise emotionally intelligent children, stop walking on eggshells, and help your child express their needs safely without punishments, yelling, or coddling. If you wanna know the answer, you're in the right place. Hi there, Megan Thompson here with Megan Thompson Coaching. And if you are parenting a highly sensitive child or teen whom you notice to have big gifts, like noticing small details as compassionate or empathetic, or being able to express their emotions in a safe and healthy way, and you're struggling to help them break out of the meltdown cycle and the shutdown cycle in order to notice those gifts and help those gifts flourish, then definitely stick around because today we're gonna talk all about the potential of your highly sensitive child and where the gap is between helping them reach their potential that you see and what you're seeing on a daily basis. So again, if your kid is hitting, kicking, screaming, throwing their body down on the floor with a meltdown or your teen is running away and slamming the doors and you also notice that your child has a big capacity for say for example artistry where their their art skills are off the charts or their linguistic skills are off the charts they can they can uh, speak you know your your 6 year old can speak like a, a 10 year old in terms of being able to debate and um, and discuss facts, you know, scientific facts or different interests, or they can write beautiful poems, what have you. If you notice that your sensitive child has gifts, whether that be in arts and sciences or history or any other intellectual capacity or artist, artistic capacity or musical capacity, and they're also dealing with big emotions that are, and, and you see a lot of ineffective behavior. And today we're going to talk all about where this, where the gap is, what needs to be addressed in order to help your child break out of this pattern, right? That's the whole um, shebang here at MTC. This is what we help you identify. It's a big misconception that parents think that if your child is demonstrating all of these gifts and they are... Um, experiencing daily meltdowns or experiencing daily shutdowns and, and freakouts or outbursts, then they're eventually going to grow out of it and that you're, you're, you're good, right? So we hear from parents all the time before they start working with us, you know, my kid, my kid is either going to be the president of the United States or the president of a prison gang. And that's the reason why they jump into working with us. So I want to speak about where the challenge is, why they, why they jump into breaking that, that um, meltdown cycle regardless of whether or not we're a fit to work together, you as a parent of a highly sensitive child need to be addressing this issue, no matter your kid's age. Because the challenge that we see time and time again over helping hundreds of families and speaking to thousands is that highly sensitive kids have gifts, but their big emotions get in the way. And this is where that challenge is coming from, right? You notice that. And it's really, really important that you not notice your child, that you, that you, Avoid noticing your child's gifts and making that define the reason why their meltdowns will eventually go away. Those two things are not true at the same time. If your child's dealing with big emotions, 
then those big emotions will actually consume their gifts. And I want to speak all about that and, and bust the myths today. And um, discuss the potential. Discuss where your child can be living in right now in childhood so you don't have to wait for adulthood. Now, I want to quote one of our, our clients. Um, her name is Danielle. And she said when she, uh, when she first started working with us she, on her first call with us, uh, her breakthrough call, she said to one of our coaches, uh, we want to do the hard work now so that our highly sensitive children don't have to do the hard work later. What did she mean by that? She meant that right now, the hard road is managing those big emotions and helping her children express those big emotions in a way that feels safe, that they feel capable, and she's not just shutting them down when they're experiencing those big emotions and telling them that they're uh, that it's wrong or sending them to timeout or putting them in their room or or dismissing them or ignoring the bad behavior, quote unquote, right? This is what traditional parenting will tell you. Don't look at it. Don't look at your kid. Tell your kid that they, you don't like that behavior and that you'll give them attention when they stop that behavior. Here's the deal. Behavior is communication. And so if your child or your teen is struggling in that moment, they need more focus from you on those big emotions more focus from you on preventing those big emotions and more focus from you on learning skills on how to control those big emotions, contain them so they don't feel so out of control, right? That's what needs to be happening. They don't need less attention. They need more focused and more strategic attention. Now, it's also true that if all you're doing is teaching your child coping skills in that moment, okay, kid, breathe, look at me. Okay, notice, put your hand on your heart. Okay, breathe right? Feel that beating? Okay, let's slow it down. That's not going to work either. You know it because you're tired. This is a lot of energy. It's like you're an, you're an EMT in your own house. <laughs> um, that's exhausting as a parent. So we're not asking you to do that either. We're asking you to get ahead of the game. How do we get ahead of the game? By noticing that your child has these gifts and their emotion regulation skills are in the way of demonstrating those gifts all throughout their, their uh, childhood in every avenue, in every circumstance, in every category of their life. School, family, friendships, interests. Okay, those are the big categories for highly sensitive kids and, and for, chi for children and, and adolescents and, and childhood, right? And so we take the, the, the understanding that your child may be gifted, say academically in a certain subject, but they're not able to use their detail orientation, their focus on on, um, on, on the rules, their focus on the, the laws of, like say, let's say, science, um, and then play them out when they're trying to play guess who or Monopoly without tossing the game, right? Then that is a skill gap. Highly sensitive kids who are missing skills can't generalize from one setting to the next in their gifts. They can't generalize their gifts in from one setting to the next, right? So what we help parents do and what we talk about here is supporting you in breaking out of that pattern of thinking that your child's gifts are in a silo, that they are categorized into just one tiny part of their life. Highly sensitive kids, when you look at the research, when they manage their big emotions, they thrive in all avenues because of the concept of vantage sensitivity. So what does that mean? That means that when your child has a greater sense of, of positivity in their home environment and a sense of understanding and clear connection, they build their skills to be clearly connected to themselves, their intuition, their gut, and their capacity to feel 
like they can handle challenges creatively, right? Why is that important? Because if your child's first and foremost solution is to chuck stuff, they can't do that in school without getting suspended, right? So what do they do? They shut down. Why is that important? Your child needs to be able to creatively solve problems in all aspects of their life. Move beyond their initial impulse because that solution doesn't work, right? It's not effective at getting their needs met. And so if you're supporting your child in creatively solving problems and feeling capable of creatively solving problems, this is true for, for adolescents too, they might wanna to toss their desk as well, but they know that that's socially inappropriate and they wanna keep their friends because they're teenagers and they wanna keep you know friendships, that's the highest priority in an adolescent brain is, is peer relationships and peer approval. And so if that's the case, then your child feels stuck and they know it, they know it. But the challenge is that you're using one part, one strength, and you're using that as a light at the end of the tunnel when your child is using that to demonstrate a feeling of experience and, 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 is, and is, is justifying this as an experience of being stuck. Your child sees a tiny spark in their life and they ask themselves, why can't this happen in all of my life, right? That's how a child's brain thinks. And this is what leads to a lack of hope, a lack of capacity and a lack of feeling like they are able to move out of challenges, like the world is is stacked against them because that spark isn't how your child sees the world. They don't see that as light at the end of the tunnel or a spark of hope. They see that as a tiny, tiny piece of their life. So when you put your child, yourself in your child's shoes, then you're gonna be much more able to notice that if there's only one glimmer of their strengths being used and the rest of their life is overwhelming and, and intense, and there's aggression happening in the home, or there's self-hatred, self-loathing going on in their brain, in their mind, in their heart, then you need to make that a priority to turn around that, that pattern for your child. Because your child is living now. Your child is living in the here and now. And they see just what they're experiencing right now. They don't see how life is gonna be awesome for them when they're 40 after they learn to regulate their emotions. They see now is forever. And that's what the child brain is meant to do. So if at this point for you, you're looking at your child being 30 and saying, oh, they're, they're, they'll be fine, we'll figure it out. Then that's creating a larger gap if you're not addressing this emotion regulation issue for your child and um, justifying the future as a reason not to address the, the the, the present because it's actually going to keep you stuck and it's going to keep your child stuck. So going back to our, our client Danielle and why this was so important for her and why this was so important for her, for her husband and their whole family. Part of this issue is that she also grew up in a mismatched parenting home. She grew up in a house where her parents didn't have the skills to manage big emotions. Great parents. She has great relationship with them and she still felt chronically invalidated and second guesses herself all the day time throughout her day. And she did not want that experience for her children. That's why she decided to break out of this pattern. She knew that that is really hard work to deal with on a daily basis when you feel like you don't know if you are gonna be able to solve problems and you're second guessing your solutions over and over again because you don't know if they're the quote unquote right ones. That's the adult experience of a highly sensitive person who doesn't have skills. Let's take for example the, the childhood experience of a highly sensitive child who does have skills, right? So your child, and we're talking about the possibility, right? What's available for your child and their potential and being able to see that now. 
your highly sensitive child has the capacity to notice their emotions, think that they can't solve a problem, hear from you in a, a supportive way, and then take a deep breath and move on. They don't need to hear from you that uh, of what to do. They don't need crisis intervention skills once they learn how to, how to intervene their own big emotions. That's the challenge. You're trying to teach crisis intervention skills by just focusing on teaching your child a coping skill and you're constantly putting out fires as a result. So when your child has that ability to notice that they might make a drawing and they're very talented artists, say for example, they're making a drawing and their hand slips because they're seven and their body doesn't work perfectly all of the time. What child's body does, what adult's body does, right? And their hand slips and the pen goes right across the paper or the pencil, whatever goes right across the paper and they're working with a heavy lead pencil because they're, they, you know, they're, they're, they're taking out the art set that Nana gave them. And that heavy lead pencil they know is not gonna erase well. And so what happens immediately, they stab the paper with a pencil, they slam it down, they chuck the pencil right after that and they crumple up the paper. They don't see that that sleight of a hand on the superhero drawing that they're making could be an excellent cape. They don't see that. All they see is it's not working out the way that I want it to and so I don't know what else to do besides quit. Highly sensitive kids who know how to regulate their emotions, who know how to manage their big feelings, who know how to, can see possibility and can act on it. So they might think that they're capable of, of making that into a cape, but they can't act on it because they just made a mistake and they're using that mistake to justify the fact that they'll never get it right. Why even try? That's the quitting mentality. That's the incapable mentality that we're working on supporting you and breaking down. So when we support our clients, they see that their child can be this artist, right? You can be this artist. And that artist can then market themselves enough to get their painting sold as an adult. What's required to do that, right? You need to be able to regulate your emotions. You need to be able to talk to people that you don't really like, <laughs> or you need to be able to get to know people and see what they want and, and get your artwork commissioned. Right? So it's not just about having a gift or a talent. It's about making, turning that into, into success so that you can have financial stability. And then turning that into the capacity to have a great relationship. You know, if an artist is, is struggling with their ability to make friends, they might pine after a crush, but not use their art to write a, 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 a love picture for their love interest. Instead, they hide in insecurity and fear and second guessing. And as a result, that, that relationship floats, that potential of a relationship floats away, right? So there's a big difference between watching a teenager who is just talented to the max in their notebook, but isn't willing to take an art class, isn't willing to consider going after school to art club, because that means they need to talk to people and adults. And that means that they might be judged and they need to manage their emotions around that. This is the difference between having a talent and using it to fuel your successful life in all avenues. And highly sensitive kids struggle with that. You see that happening. So it's very important that you use that, that spark as spark of inspiration for you to cha challenge yourself, not as justification that your kid will figure it out later. So when we think about the challenges that we notice parents have again and again and again, it's in identifying the gifts and, and bridging the gap between seeing a gift in your child and being able to help them let that flourish in all avenues of their life. 
I want to speak about possibility here because this is really important. You might think that possibility is available, but it can be very difficult to see that in a detail-oriented way. So today that's what we're going to do. We're going to talk about what's possible for your child. So let's take, for example, a, a trauma surgeon, right? So I had a client, a uh, highly sensitive teenager, uh, years ago in, in my therapy practice who wanted to be a trauma surgeon. Okay, so let's think about that, right? So a trauma surgeon, what's necessary for, for somebody to be a trauma surgeon? A trauma surgeon needs to be able to notice the small details, pick out, now, <laughs> I don't like blood. There's a reason why I didn't become a doctor. <laughs> so I'm gonna try and, and like speak from my like watching ER with my mom who's a nurse <laughs> as a teen or a child. I don't remember when that was that show was out but um, some part in my childhood, right? So, so that, that trauma surgeon's gonna need to be able to look at this bloody torso torn up, right? And I'll try to stop here. <laughs> um, and pick out the vein where the blood's coming from, even though there's a pool in there, right? So they're not gonna just ask for suction. They're also gonna run through all of the things, uh, you know, all of the potential causes for the bleed, right? And that trauma surgeon is going to be able to do that like that when they're regulating their emotions. But if they're highly sensitive and they can't regulate their emotions, they're going to be like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, this kid's life is on, on my, you know, is in my hands. What happens if their, their parent is, um, you know, what happens if, if this kid is like all the parent has, oh my gosh, this, you know, this, this whole family's life is riding on my shoulders. That anxiety can be paralyzing, paralyzing without emotion regulation skills. So it's not just about teaching a doctor to compartmentalize. That's what they teach in medical school, right? Turn it off. This is a this isn't a human. This is a this is a project, right? But a highly sensitive person can't do that. They don't have that skill set to compartmentalize unless they shut down their emotions. And that in and of itself is the gift that makes a highly sensitive doctor effective. So Turning it on and off isn't what we want highly sensitive people to do, isn't what highly sensitive people want to be able to do. Because when they turn it on and off, it makes them less effective. Highly sensitive people who have compassion can ask nicely for suction and can notice that, um, that their nurse is stressed for some other reason and not command response and instead ask for a response. And that is gonna support the nurse in being able to be fully present and then they're gonna be able to talk to the, to the parent and get the parent to make a decision if they need parental consent for surgery. And they're gonna be able to explain this in an effective way and demonstrate compassion. So that experience of you know, a, a, a child who, who is in the trauma ER is, is, is going as best as possible. And that's what's gonna to lead to the highly sensitive trauma surgeon to live out their life's purpose because they're gonna notice that they're impacting all avenues of their job. Otherwise, they're gonna see that one piece that they do well and they're gonna discount it because it's not a spark. It's an anomaly in their life. They're gonna say, oh, well, you know, I sewed up those veins really well under pressure, but I was a jerk to the, uh, to the parents because I just needed an answer. I didn't notice that my uh, my nurse was having a rough day and I barked at her because I was stressed. And so they're gonna go home feeling like crap and then take that crap out on their family. That's what a highly sensitive trauma surgeon's gonna do if they don't have skills. Now I'm not talking about having a hard day. We're human, 
we're going to have hard days. I'm talking about how you live your life regularly and whether or not you're going to be able to live your gift and, and enjoy your talent and enjoy the rest of your life so that your talent doesn't define you. You have an identity outside of your job. How many people do we know who are extremely talented but don't, don't demonstrate the, the overarching broad aspects of that gift in any other part of their life? That's the fear of, of success that your highly sensitive child is dealing with now. The concept of being able to compartmentalize, to stuff their feelings, to separate their emotions from their day-to-day -day experience is something that your child is learning on a daily basis when they don't know how to manage their emotions, accept them, and feel capable as a sensitive person. And that is the skill that you need to teach. Research is, is consistent and thorough that demonstrates that highly sensitive children need their parents to teach them those skills. Highly sensitive teens need their parents to learn these skills alongside them. This cannot be done in 10 minutes of an hour-long appointment once a week. This has to be done in an appropriate way for you to be the catalyst of your child's big emotions and their skills, building the skills to be there. You're not always the catalyst of your child's big emotions. I'm not gonna get, go down that rabbit hole. Don't, don't, don't take that leap with me, that's not appropriate. Um, but you need to be the catalyst of change is what I mean by that. So tripped up my words this morning. So when we think about the challenge that, that we see time and again is that parents, when you don't have the skills to teach your child how to regulate their emotions, you do blame yourself. So I guess I'm, I'm, I'm taking my, um, my flub here and, and making it part of the point, right? You are already blaming yourself for not being able to get your child to generalize those skills. So here we are. You're not your parenting strategy. You are not how your child is showing up. You are using an ineffective strategy, an ineffective plan, and following ineffective advice, and you're seeing ineffective results. You're seeing results that your child is stuck, you're seeing daily meltdowns, you're seeing uh, shutdowns and, and slam doors, and you're experiencing rejection, and you're taking that rejection, and you're blaming yourself, and you're feeling like a crappy parent, and now, as a result, you're telling yourself that it'll never happen, and eventually your kid will figure it out for yourself, for themselves. That's mindset. That's perspective shift that needs to happen. And so when we work with our clients and we provide mindset coaching twice a week, that's for a reason. That's for a reason. Because it's not just that you're in your own way. It's also that your child's in their own way. And you need both. You need both to get out of that. And what, when we see parents who, who come to us who have tried other parenting strategies, who have tried other parenting systems, there's a big gap between knowing what to do and doing it in the heat of the moment. And that is required for you to, to regulate your own emotions first and also for your child to regulate their emotions. And so you need experts who know how to do both, who know how to work with adults and children and can advise the adults to work to the, through the children so that you can be that catalyst because that relationship is what your child trusts the most even if their actions indicate they don't trust you. That needs to be repaired. Your child doesn't need to build a relationship with a stranger to feel better about themselves. Your child needs to build a relationship with you and change their relationship with you to feel better about themselves. That's where the, the gap is. And you get to be that catalyst and how amazing can that be, right? When we think about the challenge that we've seen over and over and over again for sensitive adults, many of our clients as, as highly sensitive adults end up changing their careers once we've 
once we fix this problem. They either um, improve their careers by getting promotions because now they're not emotionally uh, stunted, to use that word bluntly, or they realize they're living in, um, in, in they're living a lifestyle that just isn't true to themselves, and then they go off and change it. So I want to take one of our clients, uh, for example. His name is Ted, and he is venturing into the world of entrepreneurship. He works for, um, for an organization, and he's miserable. And now that he can regulate his emotions and he can teach his son how to do the same, now he's, he's starting his own business. He's an extremely talented carpenter. This, this, this man is, um, I've seen his work, it's, ri it's ridiculous. Like there's no other way to say it. <laughs> the, 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 the playground he built for his kids in his backyard is something out of a, um, like a really fancy magazine. I don't read really fancy magazines, but like, so I can't even name a title. But it's like the woodworking is phenomenal. Um, yeah, I'm just thinking in awe with this picture in my brain and I can't even describe it with words. And I think I'm pretty good with words. <laughs> um, and he's going to get to live his talent and make his talent his career. And that, that you know, he's, he's I think he's in his 40s. And, um, you know, or, or, or late 30s. And it, it, the joy of noticing that that's possible for him is amazing to experience at 40. But think about what, what it would be like for your child who maybe is awesome at whittling when they picked it up in Boy Scouts or Girl Scouts and or you know with grandpa by the by the lake right and 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 what would be possible if your child built that skill at 20 25 went to art school for it right and was able to take that leap early right so so it's not to say that um, that your child can't live their purpose when they're in their in their mid years. It's a matter of noticing what those 10 years beyond high school, 20 years beyond high school were like and the slogging to get to the point where you just started to say, you know what, now or never. And that requires a significant amount of self-esteem and a higher level of, of, of thinking about yourself as capable that many people don't actually take that leap. And so if you, if you want your child to be able to do that, you need to be able to teach them what's possible. You need to be able to show them that they are capable of, of handling challenges, um, whether it be in entrepreneurship as our, as our client Ted is doing, or in, um, in, in artistry as I spoke before, or you know, in science camp where, where kids are, are, you know, parents are driving them, their kids to museums and they're going to, to learn all about, um, uh, like, like going to like NASA camp and things like that and being able to pick up those skills, right? Your child needs to be able to notice and, 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 and explore uh, the concept of physics in you know, an age-appropriate way. And if being around new adults and driving a while to get to that museum is so stressful that they are coming off of, of an intense negative emotion, so much so that they're closed off at camp, then this is an experience your child is missing out on now that's available to you. We have uh, clients who were, were on that avenue and then um, 
they hit traffic and they actually got, they were late to, to the camp. And this is a kiddo who had been looking about looking for this camp all, all week and parents were, were so excited. They were late and the museum didn't let them in. And so think about this, a child without skills, what would they do? They would freak out. This child would have freaked out had they, the, his parents not learned these skills. And what happened? He just said, all right, let's figure something else out. And they were able to enjoy the museum, even though they missed his, his dream class that he would, had been hoping for, um, for, for the weeks leading up to it. So it's not just about making sure everything's perfect and then getting your kid to, to show up to their, to their potential. It's about noticing if, if there's a barrier to meet their potential, how are they handling that? Are they able to enjoy the day even if things don't go the way they want with a highly valued activity? You know, one of our clients just celebrated this experience in our alumni group, our face, private Facebook group for, for our clients who, who graduated boot camp. And that capacity to notice that, that you know, your, her child can deal with a long drive next to a sibling in a car seat, right? And get super pumped up, deal with the fact that parents are probably stressed in the front seat trying to find the, the museum they've never been to, and got, you know, deal with the fact that they got lost, deal with the fact that time is a thing, <laughs> the clock was ticking, uh, getting lost in, in the museum in, in terms of like finding the right room or whatever, and then being told no by an adult who's in charge that you've never met before, and then you know being in a new situation and being able to deal with the disappointment of that and move on without a meltdown, explosion, quitting, or demanding to go back home. All of those things happened. And that's not, that, that's, that's, this family uh, celebrated 12 days at Disney earlier this summer. This isn't like a thing that, that, that like, you know, an anomaly we're talking about, same family. So when we think about the challenges that you're dealing with on a daily basis, I want you to look at your child's potential, your child's gifts and think, why not now? Why not now for my family, right? You deserve to live a completely different life if you're dealing with daily meltdowns. You deserve to live a life where you wake up calm, where you wake up excited for the day and you wake up feeling flexible in managing your emotions and your child's emotions. And your child deserves the same. And your child is capable of the same. You don't have to wait for years. It does not need to be a slog. You don't need to listen to those disempowering Facebook groups where moms are just saying, you know what? It's tough, but we'll ride it out till they're 18. You know, solidarity, solidarity mama. No, no, no. Do not agree to be complacent. That is not how we are meant to be on this earth. No one, who, no one was put on this earth to be miserable. Not your child, not you, not your spouse, not your kids' siblings, your sensitive kids' siblings who are waiting to get out the door while you're dealing with 60-minute meltdowns. Nobody. This does not need to be your life. And you don't need to help your child enjoy their interests by holding hope that they'll hold on to the hope for the next 20 years once they graduate college. You can help them experience that joy now of deciding what's their interest of the month. I'm not saying that we're, you know, we need to breed little adults and, and treat kids like little adults and, and if they're interested in physics right now that they're going to have to be uh, astronauts or physicists, 
right? No, that's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is helping your child see possibility and experience possibility now. So that when they get to adulthood, they build skills like talking to bosses who aren't very friendly, like networking with coworkers who are a little cliquish, like having conversations with, um, with friends outside of your kid's extracurricular activity and being able to notice that your child is, is supporting themselves in performing well at the task and not doing so just because they're keeping their skills like stuffed, they're keeping their emotions stuffed, but because they feel capable and possible so that then they start encouraging other kids. I know this is tricky. Emotions are a thing. You can't, I, I can't count how many times we've seen our clients' children or heard our clients' children say, encourage other kids around them that things are, are you know, that they can solve hard problems once they start regulating their emotions. And this, this is what, we're, what I'm speaking about. You know, at MTC we believe and know for sure that highly sensitive children are the movers, the shakers, and, and the leaders of the world. And the challenge is helping them notice and learn not to stifle themselves in childhood in order to, to demonstrate those skills in adulthood and to, to cherish childhood now so that childhood doesn't have to be a blip on the radar that they stuff down while they try to repair in adulthood. So if you're ready to break this pattern now, you're ready to say on mama, you know, I'm the mama bear, not on my watch, then I encourage you to book a call with our team. On that conversation, we're gonna have a, have a conversation of where you're stuck, what might've led up to where, why you're here now, where you're struggling right now, what you're struggling with right now, and then discuss your, your goals, right? So those goals don't need to be you know, five, 10 years out. It's you know, in the next 10 weeks, do you wanna be able to wake up without feeling dread in the back of your throat on a daily basis, without running through seven different scenarios to solve problems that might actually happen? Because you know your kid can do that in the moment because they're regulating their emotions just like that. You don't have to think for your kid. That's possible. And if that's what's possible and that's what you want and we're a fit, we'll tell you exactly how to get there and what the, what the plan is and, and get you started on that. And if that's not the case, if we feel like there's something that's more efficient or effective, then we'll steer you in that direction because that's really important that we stay focused on our mission on the world, right? If, if we try to solve all problems for all people, we won't be specialists in what we do. And so that's really very important for um, for the clients that we speak with. We make sure that we are uh, supporting you and noticing if we're a fit because we know we can help you. All right, so I hope that you have a lovely day and we look forward to speaking with you soon. Bye. Go ahead to meganthompsoncoaching.com backslash talk to book that call with our team or meganthompsoncoaching.com backslash teen talk if you're ready to have a conversation with us about supporting your teen alongside your teen and learning those big skills, living in their potential now instead of working towards living up to their potential later. Bye. Thank you for joining me on this episode of How to Parent Your Highly Sensitive Child Like a Ninja. We release a brand new episode every week, so be sure to click subscribe. If you like what you've heard and you're interested in seeing if you're a fit to work with us at MTC, here's what I want you to do next. Head on over to meganthompsoncoaching.com backslash call and book an appointment with our team. 
We'll get on the phone for about 60 minutes and we'll get you clarity on where you're stuck in parenting your sensitive child or teen, what your goals are for supporting your child's development. And if we can help you, we'll get you started on knowing exactly what to do to eliminate that meltdown cycle. Eliminating the daily meltdown cycle does not happen by itself. You need expert guidance to make it happen. And we've helped hundreds of clients from all over the world end that cycle in as little as eight weeks. So to see if we can help you do the same, head on over to meganthompsoncoaching.com backslash call. I'm Megan Thompson, and we look forward to speaking to you soon.